Brother David, for reminding us of how great our God is. Before we get started this morning, I want to go ahead and just prepare you for what's ahead of us here on Sunday mornings. It's beginning next week as we gather together, we're going to begin an in-depth study into the book of Philippians. And I share that with you because I want to encourage each of you, if you can, to read through the book throughout this week. It's a short book. It's about four chapters, or it is four chapters. So it's something you can read through the, this upcoming week at least once. And I would even encourage you to continue to do that each and every week as God just prepares you for the messages that we'll be looking at. As I've been preparing for the reading and the studying and the preaching of the book of Philippians, I've been desiring to do that at least twice a day so that when we come to next Sunday, October 1st, that throughout the month of September I will have read through the book at least 60 times, just getting my mind saturated with it. So I want to encourage you to to do the same. But for this morning, we're going to be again in the Gospel of John. If you want to stand with me, if you're able to do that. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Again, follow along with me, beginning in verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. You may be seated. Beloved, this morning we are concluding our series that we began a few weeks ago here on Sunday mornings about loving the Lord Jesus Christ, loving the Savior. It is a part of a theme that we are addressing in our own hearts and addressing in our church that to be the the Christian that God wants us to be, to be the church that God would want us to be, there are some fundamental loves that must be a part of our lives. And obviously, one of those loves is a love for the Savior, a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, as we come to this text once again that we looked at a little bit last week together, I believe it is a very appropriate passage for us to consider. As we look at this conversation between Jesus and Peter, Because Jesus is wanting to use Peter once again in the ministry. Because you stop and you think about it, 
I mean, Peter is a man who at this time is struggling somewhat. He is a man who has fallen on his face because he denied Jesus three times in the presence of Jesus. And not only that, if you go back even further in the Gospels, if you think about it, of all the disciples and all the apostles, Peter is the only one that Jesus referred to as Satan. When he's told him, get behind me, Satan. And yet, though Peter had blundered in those ways, Jesus was not through with him. He wants to use him again in a mighty way in his ministry, in the cause of Christ. And if you've studied through the book of Acts, you know that Peter was the man. He was the man that God used to be the leader of the apostles, of the twelve. In fact, the first half, really, of the book of Acts is really primarily about the ministry of Peter. That God used Peter as his mouthpiece on the day of Pentecost. God used Peter a few days later to speak and see thousands coming to Christ. Peter was the one who received the vision to go to the house of Cornelius there in Acts chapter 10. God was going to use Peter, though he had failed miserably. And I think that's important for us to consider. For us to consider personally and for us to consider corporately, even as a church. That though maybe you have fallen down and maybe you have struggled at times in your life, I want you to hear this morning when you hear Jesus speaking to Peter, that God's not through with you. He still wants to use you for his cause, for his mission. But before Jesus will do that, he really needs to ask you and to ask me the same question that he asked Peter. Do you love me? Because you see, beloved, that's the central focus here. And that is the central focus that we will see this morning because loving Jesus is fundamental to your fitness to serve and it is fundamental to your faithfulness to serving. That's what we're going to focus on today from this passage. That your fitness to serve in the ministry comes back to the fundamental and the central issue of your love for Christ. Let's think about that as we come back to the text in John 21. As we read here a moment ago, we see in verses 15 through 17 where Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you love me? And as we spoke about last week, that is very significant because, if you remember, it was Peter who denied Jesus the three times when he was asked on three occasions, are you with Jesus? Do you identify with Jesus? And on all three occasions, because Peter loved his life at that moment and he loved his reputation more than he loved Jesus, he denied Jesus. But yet Jesus here What's happening in this passage, especially in verses 15 through 17, is a public ordination of Peter. A public reaffirmation of Peter to the ministry before God's going to use him again. 
We see that in Jesus asking him three times, do you love me? We see this is about ministry because after, Peter, after Jesus asked him the question and Peter answered him saying, yes, Lord, you know that I love you on all three occasions, then Jesus brought to his attention a command that he gave to him about ministry. He says then in verse 15, tend my lambs. In verse 16, shepherd my sheep. In verse 17, tend my sheep. He was saying, Peter, I am calling you into the ministry once again. I'm reaffirming you into the ministry and I want you to be one who's going to lead and shepherd my sheep. They're Jesus' sheep. They're not Peter's. They're Jesus' sheep. And I want you to shepherd them. I want you to tend to them. I want you to care for them. But Jesus knows in order for Peter to be fit to do that, he has to have a love for him, a love for Jesus that goes beyond any other love that he has, even a love for his own life. Beloved, that is same principle is true for us as well. For us to be fit to serve, for us to be ready in vessels to be used of God in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. The fundamental question comes back to, first and foremost, do you love Christ? Because you see, without love, the service we offer really ultimately is nothing. If you will, for a moment, just to help you to understand this, turn over in the New Testament, stay there and go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The church at Corinth was a church that had a lot of problems. And they were pretty mixed up. And Paul begins to speak to them about love. That it is the more excellent way. But notice what he says in the first three verses of chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, If I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Paul is making it very clear here. He's saying, look, even if I have the gifts of all the different foreign languages of the world that God would give me, the the tongues of men, that is, I could walk into the the place of China and I could never have learned Chinese and all of a sudden I could speak Chinese supernaturally by the Spirit of God, by the tongue of, of man that God would give me there. If I could do all of those things and yet I don't really have a love for the Lord Jesus Christ and I don't really have a love for the people that I'm ministering to, he's saying all I would be to them is just some loud sounding symbols just being banged together. You know how annoying that would be if 
if, if on Sunday morning I just got up here with some symbols and I just started banging those things over and over again, that's what I did for 30 minutes. I don't think you would last 10 minutes and you would be out the door. And Paul is saying without love, that's really all it is. Even he says in verse 2, if, you have the, if a person had the gift of prophecy, that is if God had divinely was giving them revelation at that time that they could speak forth because they didn't have the completion of the New Testament canon at that moment and if they were speaking the word of God and they knew all the mysteries and all of the knowledge of God's word, he says, though they may be the greatest theologian in all the world, if they don't have love, then they have nothing. You can have all the faith, enough faith that can remove a mountain, but if you don't have love, it's nothing. You can be someone who gives and serves to the point, he says, you give all of your possessions to feed the poor. You're willing to surrender your own body. But if you don't have love, he says, it profits nothing. Because this is a fundamental qualification for fitness to service. You see, beloved, when you stop and you go back to our text in John 21, as I said, Jesus here is reaffirming Peter to ministry. So you would think that maybe the questions he would be asking Peter were, now Peter... Have you learned your lesson about pride? You remember whenever I said that all of you are going to scatter once I am taken? And you stood up in front of everybody and you said, they may all leave you, but I'll never leave you. I love you more than them. And Jesus, why is asking him, Peter, do you love me more than these? And so he could have asked him, Peter, have you learned your lesson about pride? Peter, let me ask you another question. The next time you are faced with the question of identifying with me, are you going to stand with me? Are you going to confess me before others? Or are you going to deny me like you did last time? Or Peter, I want you to shepherd my sheep. So let me ask you, do you really have an interest in being a good shepherd, a good pastor? Do you have an interest in serving people? Do you have an interest in evangelizing people? Do you have an interest in discipling people? Do you have an interest in preaching and teaching the Word of God? These are all questions you would, you would think maybe that, that, that Jesus would have asked Peter. If you've ever sat in on an ordination These are some of the questions that are asked, and it's not that they're inappropriate questions, they are, but really the fundamental question that ought to be asked of anyone if they're wanting to be ordained in the ministry is, do you love Christ? Do you love Jesus Christ more than anyone and anything else? But let me get it more personal for us. This is not just for the pastorate, beloved. This is for the pews as well, that when you want to serve and be used of God, the fundamental question is, do you love Jesus Christ? Because it wasn't how much Peter knew. It wasn't what he wanted to do. It was really about his love for Christ. And you may think, well, how hard is that? Or, I mean, it's really what Jesus is wanting here from him is what he wants from us is that we're willing to make much of Jesus. 
And that's harder sometimes than what you may think. It's harder to find folks, whether it's in the pastorate or it's in the pews, that, that most of all, they just want to make much of Jesus. As I said, I've been reading, obviously, numerous times through the book of Philippians. And, of course, when you do something like that, your mind starts getting saturated with that. And as I was reading through it this past week, time and time again, in Philippians chapter 2, and verses 19 to 21, Paul is in prison. And so he's wanting to send Timothy, one of his young disciples, to the church at Philippi because he's wanting to get a, a word back from them, a report back to himself about them and so he can understand their condition and be encouraged by it. But he makes a statement there where he says, the only person, I'm paraphrasing, the only person I can send of all of my disciples that I have is Timothy. And he says, because he, of all of the people I've discipled, he's the only one who really has the interest of Jesus at heart. Everybody else has their own interests. And this was Peter. That's what Jesus is speaking to Peter here. And beloved, this is not talking about a perfect love. Peter wasn't being called by Jesus to be perfect. Because he wasn't perfect. Peter's going to fall on his face again. Peter is going to be a man used mightily of God. But he's also going to be a man that's going to distort the gospel. Because he's going to be a hypocrite about the gospel. So much so that when the apostle Paul shows up in town, Paul stands in front of everybody and confronts him to his face about what he's doing. Because whenever some Judaizers came to town, Peter decided he was no longer going to be willing to fellowship with some of the Gentiles. And he was distorting the gospel. And Paul came and stood to his face and basically said, Peter, what are you doing? You are distorting the, the gospel of grace. That you are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But yet God used Peter. God's not calling you to be perfect. He's just calling you to love him and to want to serve him out of love. That's what Jesus wants. He just wants a person. He just wants a church who's going to love him above all else. And that's the question, not just to ask yourself, like a Peter here who's entering into the ministry, but that's the question you have to keep asking yourself. Am I doing this out of a love for Christ? Am I doing this out of a love for Christ? So, beloved, that is fundamental to your fitness to serve. But let me show you the second central focus here, and that is your love for Jesus is fundamental to your faithfulness in serving. Your faithfulness in serving. Go down to verse 18 and 19. If you recall from last week when we were together, when he's speaking about, speaking to Peter here, he's letting Peter know the kind of death that he's going to face. And when he says there in verse 18 that you will stretch out your hands 
and someone else will gird you. That is really a reference to Peter. Peter would have understood that in his day and time that Jesus was saying, Peter, one day you are going to die by crucifixion for the cause of Christ, for my cause. You're going to die. But though you know that, just follow me. Follow me. Jesus was asking Peter to be faithful in serving him out of a love for him. Again, this is really going back to that fundamental issue that Peter had to address in his heart because where he had failed, he was a believer. But remember, that's how he really failed whenever he denied the Lord Jesus Christ on those three, three occasions. He was more committed at that moment and at those times to his own life. And Jesus is letting him know up front, Peter, you're going to die by crucifixion. But just be faithful. That's why I'm asking you these questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He asked him three times to drive it home to him because out of that love for me, Peter, I want you to follow me. I want you to serve me. I want you to be faithful in serving the body of Christ, serving my sheep, my people. Beloved, that is what was required of Peter and that is what is required of me. That is what is required of you. To love Jesus more than you love your own life. To faithfully follow Jesus and serving others when it's hard. When it's difficult. When it's costly. That you have a love for Christ that is deep and it is wide. As I read through the 13 letters of the Apostle Paul, the inspired letters, I see a man who over and over again indicates that he was just willing to spend himself for the souls of others. To be spent, to have himself poured out like a sacrifice. And he did this out of a love he had in his heart, first and foremost, for Christ. Beloved, your love for Jesus is key to you faithfully fulfilling the ministry that God has called you to, he has gifted you for, by his grace in caring and loving and ministering to others, especially ministering to others even here at our church. And let me just help you with this because this is something we all can struggle with. If your service, if your service is based on the recognition you may get from others, the others that you serve, or if your service is based on the reception of your service, to others. And that is what is really at the fundamental drive for you. Please understand, you are setting yourself up for some great disappointment and great discouragement. This is why I believe many, even pastors, bow out of the ministry. They bail out of ministry. They burn out because if you're doing it for that, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're doing it out of a love for Christ, you will never be disappointed. 
That doesn't mean ministry can't be discouraging whatever aspect of ministry you are in. But remember that first and foremost, what you are doing when you serve, you're doing it for the glory and the love of Christ. Just look at Jesus as your example. Jesus came, and just look at the things he did. Jesus fed thousands of hungry people who had nothing to eat, and he did it supernaturally. Jesus would go into a community and there were times when he would eradicate all the sicknesses, all the diseases, all the demons out of that community. And yet, the majority of the people that Jesus ministered to, I mean well over a majority of them, did not recognize him for what he had done and for who he was. They didn't see him as their Messiah. They didn't see him as their Savior. They didn't see him as their Lord. And they weren't receptive to his ministry. When it came down to it, the majority of the people, you got to remember at certain points in the ministry of Jesus, there are tens of thousands of people that are following him. And then we get to the upper room in the book of Acts and there's just a few hundred. Why? Because they would not receive his ministry. They would not recognize him. But understand when Jesus was here, If Jesus was doing it for those reasons, then he would have quit. He would have bowed out. He would have said, there in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, Father, I thank you for bringing me down here, but you know what? They're not really receiving me. They're not really recognizing me. I don't think I'm going to go to the cross. But no, Jesus wasn't ultimately there about that. He was there out of a love for his Father, out of a love for God, and about a love for the people he was serving, whether they were loving him as they should. Jesus is an example for us to consider and to think about. And this is what's going on here with Peter when he tells him, just follow me. Now, this is hard. It's hard when we get to serving and we we want to be faithful to the Lord and keep our eyes on Him because we won't really talk too much about it here because Peter actually blunders it right off the bat. Because Jesus just got through calling Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Well, Peter, here's how you're going to die. Just follow me. And you know what the first thing Peter does? The first thing Peter does is he looks over at John. He says, now what about that guy? What's going to happen to him? He gets worried about something else right off the bat. And you notice Jesus gets a little bit sarcastic with Peter. What is that to you? Like that's none of your business, Peter. That's my business. That's between me and John. You just be faithful to serve me. You see, it's easy for us to get our eyes on other people and other things. Just be faithful to what God's calling you to do. Just do it out of a love for Christ. Because, beloved, God's not through with you. There's a new day, there's a new time. There is another opportunity to be used of God. 
And again, God's not looking for a perfect love. He's just looking for a real, genuine love for him. Do you love Christ? But let me ask this question before we close this morning. It goes back to the fundamental issue of do you love Jesus? Because you may be sitting there thinking, loving Jesus as far as serving Jesus or serving, that's the furthest thing from my mind. We remember what it starts out with. It starts out with a love for Christ is what is at the heart of your faith in Christ for salvation. Your faith in Christ. And you may think, well, I'm not sure that Jesus could ever love someone like me. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know the places where I've been. You don't know what goes through my heart and what goes through my mind. And you're right, I don't. But God does. And God knew the things about me. And he knows the things that go through my mind. He knows the things that go through my heart. And yet, you know what? God loves me. And he will love you. And he will forgive you. He will cleanse you. Just read through the Bible and you'll see that there there is the grace, the saving grace and love of God that is expressed towards people that have done some horrible things. There was a man that was there right next to Jesus, the thief, one of the thieves on the cross who in one moment was there looking at Jesus as best he could from the side and just cursing at him, blaspheming him, mocking him, making fun of him until his heart was broken. And he asked basically God to forgive him. He asked Jesus, will you forgive me? Will you remember me? And Jesus forgave him there on the spot cleansed him and made a promise that today you will be with me in paradise. You had people like tax collectors that were really traitors to their own people, taking advantage of people financially. But when Jesus came on the scene and he came to them with the good news of salvation and they repented of their sins and they put their faith in him, he forgave them, he cleansed them, he received them, he welcomed them. There's a man in the New Testament starting in the book of Acts whose name was Saul that became Paul. But when you look at Saul's life, he was really very close to what we would say today is a modern day terrorist. Because he was going from house to house and dragging people like you and me out of their house to have them beaten, thrown in jail until the day he was walking to Damascus and when he met the Lord Jesus Christ on that road, his heart, his life was changed forever. And he was forgiven of his sins, every sin he had ever committed. So what I'm telling you today is that if you will come to Christ, He will love you and cleanse you and forgive you and welcome you and receive you. This love that He has is a saving love, but understand it is a sanctifying love that when you come to Christ for salvation and you come to put your faith in Him, you're coming to be saved from your sins, but you're also coming to be set apart by His love and His grace to be set apart unto Him, to live for Him, to serve Him. Trust in Christ. This is what God is asking.
Maybe for some of you this morning, that's where you are. You need to truly put your faith in Christ out of a love for Christ. He's the one who came and gave his life for you. He laid his life down on the cross, paying for your sins. Come to him. Put your faith in him. I want to ask you to bow your heads and pray.